I'm Rob. I'm John. And this is the Mint Mom Podcast. Where we talk all things NFTs and the rise of blockchain gaming. Lately, we've been pretty miserable. Why don't we do something a bit more positive? <laughs> we have been. So let's be a bit more positive this week. Let's talk about our favourite Web3 games. Right, yes. Another episode 29 except i i noticed we had a bit of a trend we, we know we're we're british we can't help but whinge and moan about stuff yep. and as much as we love this sector we, we do still moan about it a lot and we're starting to rack up a few moany episodes so <laughs> it's time to to bring it back and and discuss the good things but <laughs> before we get into an episode of pure positivity we need to talk about um polyam one the Web3, world's first Web3 console announcement. Uh, thoughts? Uh, I mean, what what is there to say about this console that hasn't already been said by every influencer and commentator under the sun? Um, yeah. I rarely agree with anything written on Kotaku, but I wholeheartedly agree with a piece that John Walker wrote for them that ended with, if this console ever gets released, I'll set my head on fire. I think that encapsulates <laughs> my entire yeah. feelings about this. Uh, I mean, I cannot even call it a console. It's just a few like it's mock-up a images. Render, yeah, yeah, and they say themselves they haven't even made a prototype yet. So it's it's unbelievable. Like I said to you yesterday, so I wrote that article yesterday, and I intended. I saw it on Coin Telegraph the announcement. And I intended to write an article about this console, and, uh, you know, its specs, its release dates, who funded it, the team behind it. And everything I've just said is not knowable. It's not <laughs> listed. Uh, there, there is no team you can find. There's no company you can find behind it. No real names, not even pseudonyms. There's no investors. There's no experience noted. There's, there's just nothing. And I was like, okay, this is ticking every red flag <laughs> I've ever talked about. So... <laughs> I'm just going to write a few. I, honestly, this is how it started. I opened opened an article. And I was like, I'm going to do a few bullet points on why I think this needs to be rethought as an announcement. Perhaps they need to, um, you know, come at this in a completely different angle because this has been a dreadful announcement. Here are some red flags I've noticed, and it ended up being like a thousand words of bullet points, <laughs> just listing things that worried me about the project. And when I got to the end of it, I mean, I said. You know, I can't know it's a rug pull, and I can't. No one can know it's a rug pull. But I have never seen more red flags in a project that is probably the most ambitious project I've seen yet. So, I mean, it is wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah, I mean, the developers themselves, uh, someone asked them in their Discord if they had any experience developing games consoles. Uh, and somebody from their team said, and I quote, um, only consumer hardware products like smart TVs, tablets, laptops from scratch, and medical devices. This will be our first time building a games console, but the t- our team has the skills to do so. I was like, mm, I something something doesn't really add up there. Um, did you did you happen to look at their white paper? Uh, which version? The one that they hastily edited to remove all um, mentions of the copyrighted technology from Apple that they wanted to include, or the more recent one? I didn't one? see that. No, <laughs> I've only seen the recent one, which was bad enough. So they, their first white paper that I have downloaded to my PC in case they tried to remove it, and they published on July the 1st, uh, which said that they would include Touch ID, which, for those of you who don't know, is Apple's proprietary in-house right. fingerprint scanning technology. Now it just says fingerprint scanning technology. <laughs> now it just technology. says scanner. 
<laughs> and they also claimed that the console would be able to run 8K games at 120 FPS and it would support all of these blockchains. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. I've got to correct you there. Nope. It said up to 120 FPS, uh, which yes. is the safest <laughs> sentence in history because a, a GIF can be up to 120 <laughs> fps but it was probably about three yeah that sounds that sounds about right um so to leave the uh, the negativity of polion one behind us um rob i know that you've published an article on token gamer by the time this podcast mm. goes out um i'll have written a piece on uh, on nft insider and you can delve into the madness with both of us yeah i think we've probably between our articles covered most of it but there really is a lot of madness to cover but anyway this this is an episode where we're going to be positive and happy and talk about what we love about this sector and what keeps us interested for the future and um i've been trying to figure out a way to do this and i was thinking about maybe muting my mic um but i can't be bothered so uh this is gonna be the first podcast i'm drinking uh on because we're positive and, and happy and um, alcohol isn't necessary for that kids but it, it can it can help so uh, where should where should we start what so I think the the general uh, direction of this episode will be blockchain games we are looking forward to some of them are in alpha and beta and you can play right now some of them are a ways off uh, they don't even have much you can look at and uh, I think I've got a few, I'm going to throw a few curveballs out there that I'm pretty sure 99.9% of people will not have heard of, uh, but I think are worth just keeping an eye on. Um, so yeah, where, where do you want to start? Do you want to get us, kick us off with one of your, one of your list? Uh, yeah, so let's kick off with the first game from my list, and that would be Skyweaver. Uh, Skyweaver yeah. is a competitive trading card game based on Polygon and to me, it is it, it ranks up there with Hearthstone um, in terms of how much of a, a kind of a genre-defining game it is. Um, I think when I wrote my initial article on it several months ago, I said, you know, I, I think it was 2014 Hearthstone came out. That set the standard for uh, digital trading card games. And I think yeah. Skyweaver has done that once again. So it's your typical... TCG format. You have your deck of cards, you go against an opponent, as you know, you play your cards as various effects and different strategies and metas, etc. But something that differentiates uh, Skyweaver from many other card games are uh, a couple of couple of mechanics that uh, other games don't have in the genre. So, you're only allowed one copy of every card. Um, mana is bottomless, well, you could you can have up to ninety nine mana, but bearing in mind the most expensive card costs ten, it's essentially a bottomless pit. Um, you can also never run out of cards, since the game will automatically generate new ones for you if your deck empties. Um, and it has just an insane amount of complexity once you start getting into the game properly. Um, I've not had to play the game's tutorial for some time, but you play the tutorial and you think. Oh, you know, I'm getting this. I, I get the gameplay flow. It makes sense. And then you dive into your first competitive game and you're like, oh my God, there is so much nuance and complexity and detail to this game, mm. which to me as a TCG fan um, is great. You know, it is, um, if you're a fan of Hearthstone, if you're a fan of Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic the Gathering, I, I don't know, even Pokemon trading cards, um, then Skyweaver is absolutely something you should try. 
Yeah, I mean, it would be on my list as well. Uh, I So I'm not even that big a TCG fan. I played Hearthstone. I think every, everyone's had a go at it. Um, but I, I, I enjoy them, but it's not the sort of genre of game I would gravitate towards. But Skyweaver is... It really is a different class. I mean, we've done, we did basically a whole episode on Skyweaver, didn't we? Um, mm. some, some time back, but it's, there's, so there's a few things. I, I don't have any notes written in my document for this. Just, this is all off the top of my head. This is how much this game impresses me. It, I can just rattle off the things I love about this game because it's, it's incredible. <laughs> so firstly is onboarding. You would have more or less no idea there's crypto involved unless you researched mm-hmm. it. Um, the wallet might seem a bit strange when it creates it, but if you didn't really know anything about crypto, you definitely wouldn't think, oh, is this a crypto wallet? It, it's just seamlessly integrated with crypto. Two, the mobile app is top three mobile apps I've ever downloaded for a mobile game. I mean, it's not a mobile game. You can play it on desktop, which is what I usually do. But I downloaded the mobile um, the mobile app because... I had a newborn son and I was up at all hours of the night and I needed to amuse myself while he slept. And I mean, it was just incredible. And then thirdly, you mentioned this, the the tutorial. Tutorial, I'd say, is one of the best, most interactive and useful tutorials I've ever had for a game because it it really does guide you through the process. Even for me, who's not a massive TCG guy, it made the game so um, straightforward. But as you said, you know, when you get into competitive, it becomes far more nuanced and difficult. But yeah, Skyweaver, a real 10 out of 10. And I would say at the moment, that's still probably my front runner for game of the year, uh, 2022, um, which obviously we're some way away, but it, it just, yeah. just an incredible experience. So yeah, 100%. That's what I think that easily makes both of our lists. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the game. Uh, hopefully they keep fleshing it out and building it into something something special. But yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah, same for me. It's definitely one of my favourite Web3 games out there at the moment. And uh, as I actually alluded to there, the kind of the blockchain integration is pretty seamless. Yeah. You know, the, the creation of the wallets, the fact that, you know, um, all the card, every single card in the game is completely free to obtain and free to own. Uh, the only way that uh, crypto and NFTs come in is when you're looking at um, rarities like the silver cards and gold cards, which are exactly the same. They just have, you know, different visual effects. Yeah. Um, and speaking of um, where the game is headed, uh, they have recently announced their first expansion, um, Clash of Inventors. So, hey, if you've not jumped into Skyweaver for some time, that's a great opportunity to dive back in and check out um, all these new mechanics. Yeah, so, absolutely. There we go. Uh, R- Rob, what is the uh, the first one on your list? Ooh, what one am I going to pick first? I think I'm going to go The Harvest, which not many people know about this game yet because it's it's flown pretty under the radar until, funnily enough, 25 minutes ago when their first mint sale went up. But it's been a project oh, wow. I've, been, I've been following a little while because it's on Fractal and I saw um, it advertised on Fractal, uh, which it, Fractal, we've mentioned this a few times, but quick update is uh justin can the creator of uh, twitch.tv it's his mm. web3 gaming platform and it's where i've been playing ev.io which is uh, a fps that i've been playing a lot recently and made a video and a few articles about um anyway so the harvest is it's an fps moba that's currently in development mm. and i'm i'm telling you this is genuinely for this year I, this is possibly my the game I'm most hyped to try. Now, it's very similar to a game that, again, I don't think many people are going to have heard of, which is Web 2. Did you ever play Paragon? 
Yes. Oh, no way. (laughs) The MOBA with the Unreal assets. Oh, Oh, my God. What is the chance? Because they shut it down, didn't they, after like... (laughs) Yes, they did. Three or four months. Um, So I... My friends, Dave, co-founder of Token Gamer, and um, Ma and a few other people I I work with and close friends, they love MOBAs. And I... And pretty indifferent to, to MOBAs. I do kind of enjoy LOL. They always played um, Hon, Heroes of New Earth. Uh, mm. I've never got into Dota or Dota 2. I just, it's not really my game. But uh, I did, so I made a call. One of the few calls I've definitely got right in gaming was uh, I played the beta of a MOBA that was kind of third-person FPS-style MOBA, kind of mixing the MMO-style camera and combat with a MOBA. And mm-hmm. I played this beta years and years and years ago, and I was like, this game's going to be huge. This game's going to be so big in the genre. And most people thought it wouldn't be, and it perhaps didn't get to the heights I hoped it would, but that game was Smite. So mm, I was yeah. always, I always felt like that blend of genres was superb. And then Paragon came out, and I was like, okay, this is it. This is the one. Like there's aiming and skill shots and it's sort of a MOBA, sort of an FPS. It's got so much to it and I loved it. And, and me and my friends, like me and Dave, and we, we played it to death. And then they mm. shut it down, which was just so depressing for such a good game. Yeah. I can't believe you played it. Nobody's, <laughs> yeah. nobody's ever heard of it. <laughs> no, I think um, I've always been a massive MOBA fan, whether that's, um, you know, the Warcraft 3 mods back in the day or mm. League of Legends or Dota uh, and games like Smite, as you said, and um, I do remember kind of Paragon coming along, uh, well, it might have been about five years ago now, I believe, um, and yeah, it wasn't around for very long, but I think, uh, as you said, that combination of kind of skill-based FPS gameplay and that MOBA kind of experience you all, uh, everyone knows and loves is uh, it's just such a great concept. It's great to see it coming back to um, to Web3. Um yeah. How, how would you describe to somebody who has not played the genre before? It's like if you're going to combine, say, Overwatch with League of Legends. Yeah, that's let's that's, say that's a pretty good that's a pretty good explanation, to be honest. Uh, and you know, whether you're a fan of MOBAs or you're a fan of FPS, um, you're going to find something within uh, within the Harvest. That's definitely one uh, I'm going to need to look up. I've not heard it before, but uh, yeah, that uh, that genre sounds right up my alley. So, oh, definitely look it up. So, firstly, it's it's on Fractal, which um, doesn't necessitate uh, trustworthiness, but for me, it does lower the chance that it's a rug pull. Um, the game, let me just have a look at this. I'm on Fractal at the moment. I believe that the game, uh, they've doxed themselves, uh, which is something, yeah, they have. So it's, it's something Fractal added where uh, it's essentially like uh, KYC whitelisting. So the game becomes verified on Fractal, but then the owners can um, send their details, their real IDs to uh, the team behind Fractal and they can uh, they get this symbol that says doxed with a fingerprint. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that just means that they have doxed themselves. And also it's got something called Proof of Justin. Oh yeah, okay, this is new. I've never seen this. It's basically Justin Can. Um, tweeting about the game and discussing it so so it's about as trustworthy as we can hope for right now in uh, the blockchain <laughs> gaming sector it is look at, I mean the graphics are superb genuinely genuinely superb the gameplay looks quick and accurate and interesting it there's a great deal of polish to it it's play and earn um 
you know how that pans out they haven't released tokenomics or anything yet but you do get crypto for playing the game uh there is a lot of customization so you pick your hero and then i think they have a companion that you can pick ability cards for them there's callings and skins and all of this is nfts which is great um the team behind it which is as you know something i I look at first I want to know if the team behind are experienced because it it not only adds to trustworthiness I think it really speaks to the success rate of games Um, the team's experience is Konami Ubisoft Take-Two THQ like they've got some really good people behind uh, the project and the closed beta is coming very soon which is exciting I think the closed um, closed beta starts next month or it's certainly quarter three so it's coming soon but i implore you have a look at the gameplay footage of this it really i'm really excited for it we're looking we're already speaking to them uh token gamer looking to stream and make videos and articles on this because it's yeah it's a great looking game so if you haven't heard of it which not many people have yet because it's only just uh, gone on sale definitely go and have a look at it absolutely Okay, so uh, game number two for me, and I believe it's the uh, the last one for me that is currently playable, um, and that is Blanco's Block Party. So I'm glad you've picked this. Just <laughs> just as an aside, because I've written about Blanco's Block Party a few times because they've done various things that are noteworthy and newsworthy, but I'm still really fuzzy about what the game is. <laughs> so I'd quite like you to explain to me. It's like a sort of social kind of Minecrafty style game, is it? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it is tricky to explain exactly what the gameplay is. Um, it is very social, right? Um, that's one part of it. So basically, there's various um kind of different game modes. You know, there's your there's kind of races, there's team deathmatch, um, but it's all in this very kind of friendly, uh, family friendly, cartoonish style. Uh, so if you if you're a fan of uh, let's say Team Fortress Two or Fall Guys um, mm. or kind of that kind of fun jovial everybody's having a good time style of gameplay then uh, then Blanco's is definitely for you uh, and when where NFTs uh, come into it and uh, as you said they've Blanco's has partnered with everybody and their dog over the last year yes um, is in the the characters that you play as the Blancos themselves. Um, so g- generally they've partnered with um, traditional brands and all sorts of different organizations to create these uh, these little friendly kind of squidgy looking characters um, that are NFTs and you can purchase them through limited drops um, and then you can play as them in the game. So, mm. so yeah, it's a very it's a very casual, casual gaming experience. You know, if you've got half an hour to spare, and you just want to have some fun playing a blockchain game, doing some races, doing some friendly, uh, you know, team deathmatch s gameplay. Uh, then Blancos is definitely the game for you. And it's, yeah, yeah, I think that's a perfect way to say it. If you've got a little bit of free time and you want to jump into something quickly, Blancos is the game for you. Um, you know, it, over time, there's a there's quite a high skill ceiling to it, at least for my experience. You know, when it comes to races and when it comes to you know the uh, kind of the FPS. Uh, oh, sorry, third-person shooting aspect of it. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's not something I play an awful lot of, if I'm honest. But if I'm just looking for something fun to do real quick, um, then it's a great uh, it's a great game to jump into. And I think it's a great game to show uh, people that may not be traditional gamers or, or may just want to be may just want to play games for fun or you know see how NFTs and how blockchain technology can be applied 
to a video game because it's very approachable. It's it's the kind of game anybody can play and have a bunch of fun with. So, so yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it, it's not the sort of game I gravitate towards, but no. it's very popular. And um, I think at NFT NYC, they announced they're being listed on the Epic Game Store, didn't they? The second, yes. They're the second game after Grit, which is Gala's um, Battle Royale kind of survival game. Yes. And uh, it's made by Mythical Games, isn't it? I believe so, yes. So, yeah, I think it's Mythical Games, which again, yes, yes. Yeah, if, I'm, if I'm not wrong, I've not checked this, but if I'm not wrong... They're the people that are developing the official NFL Rivals game, the American football 3D arcade Rivals game with full licensed teams and everything. So uh, the team behind it has definitely got some uh, clout. Yeah, I think that's um, something of a trend we're seeing um, in the games that we've discussed thus far and we're going to continue to discuss through this episode is the, the kind of the quality of talent moving into yeah. into Web3 is is getting better and better. And as a result, we're seeing better and better games starting to come out. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a lot to look forward to. We have. Um, Okay, shall I move on to my game number two? Who do I pick? Go for it. Uh, I feel like I should pick a game that you can play right now. So this is a bit of a softball because um, John and I have talked about it a fair bit. You've actually just published a interview with the founder of this game, uh, and that is the Forge Arena on Wax. Now, I'm going to be completely transparent here. I wasn't sure about this project at first. John and I discussed it, and um, we didn't really. I didn't really know. I liked the idea of it, but I didn't know what direction it was going, and. I couldn't find out that much about the team behind it. And when you Googled some of the stuff, you got some controversy that has been long cleared up, but you know, Google holds onto these sort of things and, and the controversy gets shares. So it ranks higher in SEO and you can never get rid of these sort of things. So I, I was just kind of unsure. And then I spoke to the founder, which is uh, Artemenikov, uh, Minak, and he's just such a nice guy. And he, and he really understands uh, the sort of competitive FPS genre like Counter-Strike and Valorant and he's got a strong history in that he founded OP Skins which was a skin selling site for Counter-Strike which was uh, I think you described it as a monolith which I think is uh, perfectly fair because it, it really did stand alone uh, as the place to go and get skins for CS and then Valve got heavy handed with litigation and forced them to close but that might have proven to be a, a fantastic win for blockchain gaming because that spawned Forge Arena. Uh, so, and just a linked thing that I don't think enough people know is that OP Skins was, before he started Forge Arena, was sold to William Quigley and then Ford, and then OP Skins kind of became Wax, which is, I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's a crazy little <laughs> tale there. Um, but yeah, I think the Forge Arena is, is, a just the the standard sort of tactical FPS that you see huge numbers of streamers playing and um, massive amount of viewers and huge tournaments. Except it's all of the skins are NFTs. It's now play to earn. You can earn. Uh, I think it's things like scrap and there's like three different currencies, and yep. it enters open beta soon. So it's a game you can play right now. All you have to do is own a skin, which might put some people off, but the skins are like. A dollar, sometimes less. So that really shouldn't put you off. But then the open beta comes soon, so anyone can play it, and you, you don't need any skins. It's 
every month I feel like it gets a stronger candidate for one of the, the best games of the year. And uh, I just, I'd recommend it. If, if you're into CS or Valorant, I, I'm trying to get my friends who are particularly good at CS and Valorant, but have no interest in blockchain gaming because they think they're all rubbish. I'm really trying to push them towards this. And I think when it opens, goes into open beta, I'm going to try and get them into a few games so they can see how good it is. Um, because it, it, it it really is well polished. The combat feels great. And that's the gunplay is is what these sort of competitive shooters hinge on. If the gunplay yep. isn't good, if it isn't accurate, um, as I said in my video about EV.io, what I used to call reg, if the reg isn't good, which is just kind of like mm. the, the accuracy of your shots and you know, you yep. know you've headshot someone even before they've died. Uh, if it's got that, then it has at least the foundations to become a proper tactical FPS that can do well in esports, which is what the Forge Arena is designed to do. Um, so yeah, that that would be my second game. And it's, it might be the only game, on, I think it's one of the only games I've got in my document that you can play right now. And mm. uh, yeah, I know you, you're a fan of it, aren't you? I, it's been built from the ground up to be a, uh, as you say, uh, an esport, effectively. And mm. uh as you said, it, the updates have been uh, have been regular. Um, they do now have uh, play to own aspects. I think, as you said, there's three different tokens: all the gun skins or NFTs, etc. Uh, and as Rob said, I have just published an interview with uh, with the founder Minak, uh, where you know he talks about his his vision for the game and its development up to this point. Uh, also touches on some of those um, kind of controversies from his past as well, and kind of. Uh, Provides an update on where where he is today and uh, and where Forgerina is today and where he yeah. wants it to head into the future. Um, as as you said, there Robbie is looking to develop kind of an esports scene around it. Um, he has, uh, by his words, been talking to uh, various organisations that could help him put something like that together um, for the Forgerina. So time will tell. Time will tell. Um, and as it comes into open beta, definitely give it a try. And uh, yeah, the Forge Arena is the first competitive shooter for Web3 to, to really come to market, I would say, in the, with the level of quality um, that it has. And that uh, quite smoothly moves on to the next game um, that I would like to talk about, uh, which is Shrapnel. Now, Shrapnel mm. is an upcoming um, AAA quality FPS title. Um, that has a very kind of unique take on gameplay. Um, there's not too much you can discover about the game right now. You can go to their website, of course, but the the way they've described their gameplay sounds like kind of a mix of a kind of a search and destroy mechanic and a battle royale. Right. So effectively, you start with um, X amount of players, let's say 100 for sake of argument, and you know you're you're going around this environment. You're trying to hunt down and uh, kill other players. You're trying to get loot, um, which I believe is going to be where the Web three aspect comes in. So we're able to loot, let's say, you know, NFTs, crypto, etc., tokens. But when you pick them up, and that doesn't mean you've acquired them yet. You've got to escape that zone and extract yourself from the game in order to uh, to acquire those mm. um, in your wallet. So. The longer you're in this game and the more people you kill, etc., um, the higher your rewards become. So they've got this really interesting risk-reward mechanic where, let's say, if you become one of the final 10 players, do you want to extract, just, like head to an extraction zone and get out of the game and, um, right. you know, 
acquire what you've got so far or do you want to go and hunt that other guy has also killed you know x amount of people and got all these nfts and loot do you want to take the risk to uh to go and get his stuff and then try and get yourself out i think it's a very it's a very interesting mechanic and i'm looking forward to seeing how how it'll work um when the game um, becomes uh becomes available um, to play um, but the the team behind the game is uh, all AAA industry veterans mm. uh, so people that have worked on Halo on Call of Duty uh, on some of the Star Wars games in the past so the talent is there and uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, to seeing seeing whether this game can be can be a success I think we've we've mentioned before on the podcast about the concept of kind of high risk PvP and I think Shrapnel's the first game that that I've seen that kind of touches on that concept and wants to make that a, a core mechanic and I'm very very excited to to try it out and see how the community will, will uh, react to it yeah it's it's a game I'm excited for as well I think this would probably make my list too it was it's certainly one I, I wrote down straight off the top of my head when we come up with the idea for this podcast they the game looks good but it's the team and the partnerships and stuff that they're making that really legitimize it and increase its chance of of succeeding in this space Uh, i think they they partnered recently with uh very recently i think i saw this i might have seen this yesterday they partnered with razor which is oh wow yeah i mean that's a that's a pretty big gaming company to partner with so razor make um primarily make gaming hardware like um, mice and keyboards and stuff uh so yeah the, i i think it looks really good and uh, i've covered shrapnel a few times and i think the people at shrapnel know I'm, I'm very interested they're on the i don't know if you said they're on the avalanche blockchain yes which yeah. is uh well again it feels a little bit lesser known but the avalanche blockchain has i mean the ecosystem is pretty big it's got a, a lot of interesting stuff um, in the old AVAX uh, ecosystem. I, I remember I did a, a post about them and I included a picture they had of their um, ecosystem and it's crazy. They, they've got they've got a ton of stuff. So yeah, Shrapnel is certainly one to watch. I want to see some gameplay footage, which I don't think I found. I don't know, there might be some now, but uh, last time I covered it, I couldn't find any gameplay footage. But in lieu of game paper footage, I will always look for um, the team's experience. And the team experience is top draw. And again, the, the partnerships is just... To get partnerships like Razor, you A, need good contacts, and B, need a good product that you can show people like out of the public eye. So yep. if they've partnered with Razor, either Razor's doing them a massive, massive risky favour, which I just can't see myself... Uh, or they've got something pretty special. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm also pumped for Shrapnel. Yeah, I think Razor wouldn't be putting their name behind Shrapnel unless they had a lot of faith in it that yeah. uh, it's going to become something interesting. And like I said, I mean, the the, the, the gameplay that Shrapnel revolves around is uh, has a lot of potential for sure. And, uh, yeah, very excited to, uh, to see it come out and get to be able to play it. Yeah, cool. Okay, uh, my next game... Also, I don't think there's any gameplay footage for this, but this is, you know what, I'm going to, mid-podcast, we're not cutting, we're staying in. Okay, um, okay. I'm going to open their Twitter, because their Twitter's pretty mad, they're always announcing crazy stuff. So, the game is Block Lords, which, uh, I'll be honest, is a name I frankly hate, 
I hate any pun <laughs> to do with blockchain or crypto. I hate them. I hate it. Please stop doing it. But Block Lords looks really good. It is genuinely AAA looking. It's, it's a strategy game, but a very complex strategy game. And I'm just going to quote them here uh, just to show you how ambitious this is. Uh, they believe they have, incoming quote, taken the best of Age of Empires for developing civilizations, Total okay. War for battle, and Crusader Kings for political strategy and intrigue to bring the best strategy game experience ever to everyone. Uh, so they're not aiming low. <laughs> they're, no. <laughs> they're, they, they re- they're not trying to build a blockchain game. They're trying to build a leading strategy game that uses blockchain, which high five for that. If you hadn't have called your game <laughs> Block Lords, I think you would be 10 <laughs> out of 10 right now. Um, it has, very interestingly, it has a player-owned economy. It, it does look quite a lot like Age of Empires and Total War. You can see there's mm. lots of in-game screenshots. There just wasn't any uh, video last time I, I checked. Um, it genuinely does look AAA. It has a player-owned economy. There's PvP. There's extremely complex gameplay. It's made by a studio called Meta King Studios, who I hadn't heard of, but I went through their team and it's about as good as it gets. They've got 100 people working for them now and the top people wow. in each area is like Ubisoft, EA, Paradox, like really, they've hired well. Um, mm. And having 100 people working on the project is a sign that, you know, they've got money, which they do because they have ridiculous investment. I mean, anyone you've seen in this space that's invested in anything have invested in Block Lords. Obviously, Animoca brands are there. That's not even a litmus test anymore. Um, they are everywhere. <laughs> but also Bitcraft and Spartan, which are two really big venture capitalists. And uh, yeah, so they've got a ton of investment. They've got a ton of talent. And the concept is is excellent. So yeah, if you haven't heard of it, go and have a look at... Um, at Block Lords, it is it is an impressive project, and I'm I'm not massively into strategy games either. I'm I'm pretty linear with the games I like, but this is definitely playable. And the player owned economy plus PvP would usually lead me to mention a different type of game um, that I mention every single podcast. But I'm not going to mention it this podcast. So yeah, Block Lords, it's a game I <laughs> I'm looking forward to. Oh, it sounds superb. I think uh, I I've always been a strategy nut and. It's a good job that they have a lot of investment because to create a game that's God, a mix yeah. of um, Crusader Kings, Total War, and uh, Age <laughs> of Empires is going to take a lot of money. They, it's just um, like they went up to the the strategy podium and picked up the top three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, like I've even before I was in the NFT space, I was like, oh, I wish that was a game that had like this element from Total War, but had like this aspect from Crusader Kings, etc. So it's actually really cool to see that there's a game coming out that. Um, that is going to do those things and yeah. so i'm going to follow that with uh, with interest for sure and uh, speaking of a game that has lofty ambitions um let's head back to a game that's going to be on wax we, uh, sorry well as- sorry we are nailing these transitions between games this is not <laughs> <laughs> this has not been preordained we are just we're just flowing we're just flowing i, I don't know if it's because i'm drinking corona um I think I think it might be. So uh, perhaps we've got a new unhealthy habit. But uh, sorry to interrupt the flow. But I just we are just weaving and bobbing between <laughs> games. It's just beautiful. Uh, sorry, carry on. That, that mixture of Corona and Mad Monk is doing you well. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, a, a game that has lofty ambitions has come into wax as well as uh, I believe three or four chains up to this point. I believe they're they're also pursuing 
um, adding even more chains um, to the game. It is one that I believe very few people have heard of up to this point because they haven't uh, haven't really put themselves out there too much. It's a game called Avalon. Uh, Now, this is... We've talked in the past about how we want a Web3 MMORPG, and that is what Avalon wants to be. So, think of your typical third-person MMO, your World of Warcrafts, your uh, Guild Wars, your Star Wars, The Old Republic, etc. This is what Avalon is trying to be. It's a game set in uh, your typical medieval MMO setting, where you get to play as, uh, you know, one of a number of races. And, you know, you go on your quests, you defeat bosses, um, you have your player-owned house, you go and fight and fly on dragons, you do, you know, all your awesome fantasy MMO uh, mainstays are within this game. Um, I believe it is at least 12 months away from being in a uh, a publicly player-available state, uh, but I've been speaking to the creators of Danu Games for some time, who, again, they're another studio that's kind of um, been able to acquire um, various um, AAA talent uh, and talent from uh, that has MMO experience to work on this game. Uh, and yes, I've been, I've been speaking to them for some time, been speaking to the founder, and I've been shown some, uh, some footage of the game up to the stage. And of course, it is very, very early alpha, so... You know, there's a, there's a lot to work on, but the the game in its current state is phenomenal. The graphics are incredible. The the visual fidelity is just unreal. Um, and you know, when I talked about there being dragons and quests and just this this incredibly immersive open world to explore, um, that that is what Avalon is. And if where the game is now. Um, where, you know, it's it's not really ready to be shown to the public. If it's as good as it is right now, I cannot wait to see what it's going to look like in, you know, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months time when they're ready to start showing more of this game to the public. So um, I, I wouldn't usually say this, but if, if you go to their website, avalonthegame.com, uh, that's A-V-A-L-O-N, and we'll put all the links to all the games we discussed in this episode in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, all of the... Uh, footage on the website you know a lot of games just use like cinematic pre-rendered etc this is yeah. all um footage um uh, from within the game that oh, really? obviously they've you know set up a camera to do all the panning shots etc um but it's got it a bit is of a skyrim it, feel to it yeah very skyrim kind of um reminds me of uh, that skyrim uh, open world game elder scrolls yeah it reminds me of the elder scrolls online quite a lot um it it just it looks phenomenal, and I, as I said, I've seen footage, and it looks superb. Um, there will be an article coming out on NFT Insider relatively soon, um, where I talk a little bit about, um, well, we get some words uh, from the founder, Marius, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about what I've seen thus far and what my thoughts are. Uh, but I believe um, they're planning on doing their first uh, kind of NFT drops soon. Right. Um, so, so yeah, definitely keep an eye on it, for sure. It's... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a hard sell, um, a fancy MMORPG to me. I feel like that is, if I were to have expertise in gaming, and I hope I do because it's more or less my full-time job now, uh, <laughs> it's it's MMOs. I, I love MMOs, particularly fantasy MMOs. And the only thing that worries me is how difficult it is to pull off. It's always a bigger project than people yep. think. It's always a more expensive project than people think. And it's always a, a more time-consuming project than people think. But yes. 
I think you can succeed. The problem we've had, this is a little off topic, but it is obviously related. I think one of the problems we've had in the last 15 years is that everything is being compared to World of Warcraft in the fantasy MMO genre. And they're saying, is this the WoW killer? It's not a helpful narrative. And there's been so many great fantasy MMOs that were dubbed WoW killers that didn't kill WoW, but have existed and become brilliant MMOs with, you know, um, fizzing player bases and lots yep. to do. I mean, you play Final Fantasy, which I've played as well, and that that's brilliant. And then Guild Wars 2, uh, there's a game that I don't think many people actually played in the end, but Rift was an unbelievable MMO. I think that's one of the most underrated MMOs of all time. Um, and I think if we lower the bar a little bit for what we want with an MMO and we don't try and compare it with something that's had 20 years worth of patches... Yeah, uh, we we will enjoy the genre more, and uh, I think Avalon. I mean, I haven't seen what you've seen, but it's certainly walking the path I enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mentioned when I kind of introduced Avalon that they're already on, or that they've built in four or five different blockchains. Wax is one of them. I think they've got Polygon, Avax, um, Solana, and I believe. There's probably one or two at the moment, but they're actively working to to incorporate other chains as well. Right. Now, you're probably asking the question, well, how are they going to incorporate like seven or eight different blockchains into the game? Um, what that's... are they, po- Polyum? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, I don't think Avalon's coming to, to the Polyum one or, no. or any game for that matter. <laughs> um, but uh, this is the only thing that I... I won't say I'm concerned about, but I'm curious to see how it all works. So... And um, without going into too much detail of what I've seen, basically different different aspects of the game have uh, well, you, you know, in your typical MMO RPG backpack, you'll have like you'll have some potions, some cloth, some leather, some meat from an animal. Um, basically, different these items or different types of items will be on different chains. Hmm. Um, I'm interested to see how one the onboarding experience for that will work, um, yeah. and two whether that changes. Um, in future, as I've said, it is uh, it is very early alpha, and kind of none of with all the changes they're working with. I don't think that's entirely kind of fleshed out exactly how that'll work up to this stage. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And if we do have a true cross chain MORPG, I think that's uh, that's huge moving forward. I mean, we had William Quigley talking earlier this year at NFT NYC about how cross chain is the future. Um, that's something I do believe. I'm I'm much more of a you know cross chain is going to be the future rather than a one chain to rule them all approach um yeah but yeah we'll see we'll see and i'm very excited for avalon so um yeah if it can become that flagship web3 mmorpg um which i hope it can i think that's gonna be a huge thing for for blockchain gaming in general yeah so i think we can we're gonna get another beautiful transition here just to stay on mmorpgs i think there are a few people trying to get that title of the first web3 mmo and it's probably the one of the hardest titles to get i didn't i didn't know which one i wanted to include so i've written down three but i'd say ah oh, they they've each got different sort of benefits but the, the first one i'll talk about is uh big time i don't know uh, mm. how many people have heard of big time it's got pretty good funding now but it's a sort of fantasy MMO. It reminds me again. This is another MMO that did that didn't do as well as it should have, and was really fun. Uh, Wildstar reminds me quite a lot of uh, Wildstar, and 
It's just a, a sort of slightly more futuristic feeling fantasy MMO. It is play to earn. It has blockchain right at its core. And it, it my my only criticism of it was that it was on Ethereum and I couldn't find out um, who it, what layer two it was using. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's been released now because we've streamed it. So we bought into um, the alpha. I think it's alpha or uh, closed beta. And we bought into it so we could play it. And I think the VOD is up and you can see it on our YouTube channel. There's, we've got some footage of it. And I think it looks great and it plays really, really well. Uh, the early access is obnoxiously expensive. Since the crash is slightly better, but like last year it was a, a joke and I refused to buy into it. Um, but the team behind this, it's, it's the same story in every one of these games. I always look at the team and the team's really strong. So the CEO is, I'm definitely going to say his name wrong, Ari Milik, I think is his name. And he is or was a founder uh, of Decentraland. Wow. Um, and somehow he has the least impressive CV of anyone on the team, which is <laughs> shows how, <laughs> how strong it is. Uh, so it's made by Big Time Studios, and the team have worked on Fortnite, Gears of War, Medal of Honor, God of War, World of Warcraft, a lot of war, um, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, uh, <laughs> Overwatch 2, League of Legends. I mean, it's just great. They've worked on just everything. Um, so it's a really, really strong team, and the game reflects that. It mm. does seem AAA when you, uh, when you play. It is really early at the moment. Um, I'm just looking through... <laughs> I'm just looking through my article last year. So when did I write this? I, I wrote a sort of uh, 30th of October. so not that long ago. Uh, in thir- on 30th of October, I wrote a sort of what is this kind of uh, article. And in my notes, I said, that, you know, I'm chomping at the bit to play. I think the graphics and aesthetic are a high standard. It's smooth. In-game player and guild housing looks superb. Um, and then I put... The $199 to $799 for early access is frankly offensive, which I, I stand by. But yep. I think it's down to about $50 now, which is more palatable at yep. least. Okay. Um, and early access is, is out. So you, this is actually a game you can play right now if you want to pay to play. Uh, but yeah, so that looks really good. And then I, I just want to mention two others, which I think you'll have something to say on both of these. Do you have anything to say about Big Time? Have you played it at all or know much about uh, I've it? I've not played it at all up to this point. I've heard quite a lot about it. Um, it's definitely something I need to check out a bit more. And yeah. after what you've said there, definitely need to uh, to dive in and check it out for myself. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a strong project and it's starting to come to fruition now. So definitely have a look. The other two MMOs I wanted to mention is Nino Cooney, which I know <laughs> you love that. You love their games more than i do i mean i've never quite got into that style of mmo yeah but i downloaded the mobile app and it's that uh, with skyweaver sits in the top three i didn't know it was possible for an mmo to look that good and be mobile i didn't know it was possible It, it, it just stunning and the gameplay is excellent we're streaming that quite often because um our our streamer super dope is really into it and he's he's playing a lot we've got a guild token gamer guild and yes yeah, it's, it's good stuff hmm. he's he's really really enjoying that have you played much yet because i know you were looking yeah at i i've been playing it um quite a lot quite a lot over the past couple of weeks um it's i like i'm a, fan, a big fan of the nino kuni series i love the art style i love the, the, the development house behind it um gacha yeah. mmos are i think a lot of like core 
core traditional gamers probably dislike them. I'm not the biggest fan of gacha MMOs, but with this having a kind of cryptocurrency and and in future NFTs integrated into it, I thought I'd, I'd dive in, and I have had uh, I have had quite a bit of fun so far. Um, it, it feels to me. I'm not sure if this is the case or not, but it feels to me like a game that was built to be a typical Web 2 game, and then very late on in development, they thought, ah, we'll stick crypto and NFTs onto this. Um, so they seem, whereas it is it is a Web 3 game, um, I don't think it was necessarily built from the ground up to incorporate crypto or NFTs as some of the games that we've mentioned thus far, but that's not to say that it's not a fun a fun game. It's uh, it's it's fun play. It gives you that, uh, that kind of casual MMO experience that uh, a lot of players want. And uh, yeah, once uh, once they do start integrating NFTs into the game, then I'll, I'm definitely looking forward to how that integration is going to work out. Yeah, I think it, it's a strong it's a strong game, and it's another game you can play right now, which is great. Uh, but yeah, as you said, there's there's not the crypto isn't really integrated properly yet. There's no NFTs, and it's all kind of in the future. But the people behind the project are working on a number of different blockchain uh, ventures, so definitely one to keep an eye on and the, the third one i wanted to mention for mmorpgs isn't out at the moment but it's probably the most famous um, web3 mmo in development and that's mirandus by gala yeah which i am still i really want to play it i'm so conflicted over the art style i just sometimes i think it looks amazing and sometimes i think it looks terrible and i just i'm not sure but the project has a lot of people working on it, a lot of money behind it, and a lot of interest. So I think it's going to be, it's probably one of the safest bets when it comes to an MMO in Web3. Um, but how it pans out, who knows? It's Gala, which is a good start at least. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you on the art style. It reminds me of, of Trove. If you ever played that, it was like a Minecraft-esque open world adventure game. Um, yeah. It's kind of like Trove with a bit more visual fidelity. Um I mean, I'd heard of Mirandas when I first entered the NFT space, and you know we're we're now sitting here today. I mean, it's July of 2022, and um, there's still not all that much in terms of gameplay footage that we've seen yet. No. Um, I know that I think On Chain Gaming did a live stream last month showcasing some of the latest bits and bobs. It's definitely moved forward quite a lot in its uh, in its development, and. Um, it, it, it's looking good. I think it has a way to go, but um, as you said, Gala's behind it, and they've been working on it for such a long time now that um, I'm definitely going to be giving it a shot once I'm able to get my hands on it. Yeah, 100%. I'll definitely be playing it. And I, I really want to <laughs> I really want to reiterate how conflicted I am about the art style, because I've never seen anything that can look horrendous and amazing simultaneously. <laughs> it's It's very confusing. Sometimes I think... The art, it's a distinctive art style and there's a lot to say about that. I think that goes a long way, a distinctive art style. It, it makes the game identifiable at any point, um, which is good. But I'm just, yeah, I just don't know. It's a strong art style, but um, it's confusing. But yeah, it's a game I will certainly be playing. Um, okay, so on my list remaining is one game which I don't I really wanted to bring up as it's one I'm looking forward to but I don't have a great deal of information and then I have um, two major curveballs that I don't think most people have heard of Hmm. Uh, what have you got remaining so I got two games um, left to mention one is one that's very only been announced very recently uh, that has some AAA dev talent behind it and the other one is uh, 
one that I actually spoke to at NFT NYC. So I, uh, I, I'm very excited for what their uh, for what they're working on. But since you have one more than me, how about you? Um, you go next. Okay, so I'll do a similar one to the first one you mentioned with AAA Dev. It's called Project Quantum. Okay, have you heard about this? Vaguely, vaguely. It it did the rounds a little bit last year, and then it kind of fell away. So it's an it's a lesser known FPS using Unreal Engine Five, and it's and as you can tell because it's using Unreal Engine Five, it's heavily ambitious with how it wants to look. And it looks ridiculously good. I mean, AAA doesn't even do it justice. It, it looks better than most games we have access to, Web2 or otherwise. Um, so that is, is got going for it. The team behind it is mixed. There's not much gaming um, background in it. The person who owns the company behind Project Quantum seems to be an avid gamer who wants to... I, I think I read somewhere that he... He basically made some money in a different sector and has always been a big gamer and wants to fund a great game. So, I mean, that's as good a reason as any. Uh, But it does have a BAFTA-winning writer and director, Hmm. which is crazy. And then it has a AAA-experienced art director working with Unreal 5. So, you know it's going to look incredible. Um, It's very much work in progress. There isn't a great deal to say about it at the moment. It's on the Binance Smart Chain, which is another fairly interesting choice. And uh, it's going to be high risk as well, like high risk PVP where you can loot NFTs, uh, or at least that was the rumor when it it first uh, was announced. So yeah, have a look at the the project, Give give it a Google. And I think you'll be impressed. The teaser is just cinematic, unfortunately. Um, but it will be play to earn and uh, they've already launched their token and some other bits and pieces around it. It's it's an interesting game that it's either going to become sort of a household name or it's going to fail. Is that That's how I see it because it's so, so ambitious with what it wants to achieve that I think it, it can't land in the middle. It, it has to either be a success or a failure. So it, it's one to look at though, Project Quantum. Um yeah, all right. That's my. I, you've got one similar, haven't you? The one recently announced, AAA folk. Yeah. So that game is called Ashfall, and that mm. has been. Uh, it's literally only just been announced. So within the last few weeks, a brand new Web three focused uh, game studio called Lethos has been formed by uh, a number of people that have a ton of experience working uh, with PlayStation over the years. So. Um, the the two main guys, uh, Michael Mumbao and John Garvin, um, worked on Wow, Ghost of Tsushima, um, Battlefield, Oof. The Last of Us, um, Days wow. Gone, like all of the kind of you know the headline titles over the past few years, mm. uh, and now they've joined forces to create Lethos, and their debut title from that studio will be called Ashfall. Now, there is not uh, there's not too much info or too many screenshots. Uh, or any kind of in-game footage available from this yet. And what I have released is that it's going to be a kind of an innovative survival-based game that starts as single-player, but as the game progresses will turn into a, uh, a PvP and PvE open-world experience. And really, beyond that, and other the, it will be on the uh, Hedera hash graph, which is a kind of a blockchain-like consensus system, um, 
that's really all the information we have up to this stage. Um, it is mm. in its very early stages, as far as we're aware. Um, but those two founders have said that they're, they're looking to kind of break Web3 as such and to create, um, and as I've referenced uh, in this podcast uh, before, kind of a, a flagship game for Web3 that uh, the people can, people can point to and say, hey, this is this is what Web3 is all about. So so there we go. Wow. Yeah, that, that sounds good. I, I'll give them a quick Google. They, I mean, some of the stuff they've done is, is frankly ridiculous. They've done some of the most iconic games uh, there's there's one you didn't there's so many good ones you didn't even mention Uncharted which is <laughs> I mean how many have they got in their CV gosh yeah that in, incredible um, I was just looking at apparently Garvin was working at uh, Ben's studio on Days Gone and then he was fired for engaging in heated arguments in the studio and not having good people skills <laughs> really <Wow. laughs> I, I kind of like him <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean that that sounds incredible. Again, it, it plays into you know bet on the the person, not the not the idea. Um, so yeah, that's that sounds good to me. I, I, that's definitely a, a game I'm going to be tracking. I, I imagine that's a long way off, given it's only just been announced. But it's again one to you know put in your bookmarks and, and keep checking in from time to time. Um, I think you should go for your next one, okay? And then because I've got two curveballs that are just weird. So, <laughs> sure. So, uh, my my final one, um, and I, I was able to speak to the team at NFT NYC, is a game called Metalcore. Now, oh yes, this is on my list too. <laughs> if you are, do you do you recall Planetside Two by any chance? Oh, you're speaking my language. <laughs> I was a big Planetside player, and then I loved. I I mean. If you said to me right now, after the pod, do you want to play Planet Side 2? I'm in. Like, it's, no, I, no. <laughs> I'm always ready to pick that game back up. It's superb. So, so good. Yeah, I, I can't forget. I've never played a game that has that. I mean, I've not played it in maybe two years. But if someone was like, do you want to play some Planet Side? I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'd love to. Yeah, it's um, so good. So, yeah, for those of you that don't know what Planet Side 2 is, um, picture Halo Infinite. You know, you can be a foot soldier or you can, you know, get in a buggy or you can go fly some aircraft and you basically, you know, you take over objectives, you kill other players, etc. But Halo Infinite's mm. on quite a small scale map. Basically, scale that map up to, you know, let's say GTA 5 map levels of scale. And that is effectively what Planet Side 2 is. And Metacore is just Planet Side 2, but with NFT and blockchain integration. So it's built... Um, using uh, Unreal Engine. Um, it's currently on Polygon. And I believe uh, they should have, um, or they're going to give a particular subsect of the community access to the game before the end of the year. Um, yeah. If you go to the website again, metalcore.gg, um, I mean, it, it just looks superb. You know, have got these expansive uh, maps set in these futuristic worlds. And within the same shot, you can see, you know, three three foot soldiers running across. And everybody within this game is a, is a player, of course. You know, you could see guys running around just with guns. You see these massive mechs with rockets running around. Um, you know, the, these huge base battles. And again, the visual fidelity is just superb. It, it is... Planet Side 2 is, is an amazing game, but obviously that game is now what? I can't mind. It's like seven, eight years old now. So visually, More it's starting probably. to show its, uh, yeah, probably older, but it, it's starting to show its age in that respect. And I think to begin with, they never really went for the hyper-realistic style. Metalcore, it looks like they've 
tried to create the game in as realistic a way as possible you know the the lighting the explosions it it it, it, it just the the general map design it just feels so such an immersive experience and um as i said i've spoken to the developers i'll be covering the game extensively as it continues to develop and i cannot wait to uh, get my hands on the game showcase some uh, some footage when i am able to and uh, yeah, it really gets stuck in. I feel like Metal Core is a kind of game similar to Planet Side Two that if you can get um, enough of a playbase in there to make these large scale, you know, let's say two hundred people on each side, you know, these these faction battles, it's going to be an incredible experience. And um, with NFTs and tokens and crypto up for grabs as well, um, I, it's it's going to be superb. Well, I hope it's going to be superb. Let's see. Let's see how uh, how it develops. But um, I'm, I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah, same. So I covered it last year for the first time. Um, and they were actually at NYNF, uh, NYC NFT last year. And that's how I heard about them. And they, at the time, they were announcing a sort of 50 versus 50 PvP mech style game. Their team was, again, God, I know we keep banging this drum, but it's just, <laughs> for me, it's one of the only ways of really, it's, it's like a, such a good green flag that it's got people that are talented behind it. Um, they, they'd worked on like Activision and Epic Games and mm-hmm. Paramount Pictures. They'd worked on Fortnite, Fallout, Elder Scrolls. Like it, it, they had such a good, um, team behind it, but, there was no gameplay footage, so I kind of just put a pin in it. But then I think it was only about two or three weeks ago, they released their first gameplay trailer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it looks, it really reminds me of Titanfall. I don't know if you've played yes. Titanfall at oh, all. Man, yeah. But it, it really reminds me of that, that sort of mech mixed with Battlefield kind of, mm. uh, it, lo- it looks really, really fun. Yeah. And um, yeah, I- I'm fully with you on that. I think I think that's going to be one to watch. And yeah, it's, it's one I-, I wrote down on my list as well. I- I've seen some, um, I-, I don't believe this footage is public, but I've seen some exclusive footage of a, of some gameplay. So basically some raw gameplay from the game. Well, I think they just got a bunch of the devs to like, just, just play around with it and show what the experience is like. And I kind of saw mm. a bit of the, bit of the objective taking a bit of the teamwork a bit of the um you know the firefights um kind of the uh the different quests that they went on it, it just looks like such an exciting fun experience and uh yeah yeah i can't wait yep i'm with you on that i think that's that's a that's a good um non-curveball to end on i think that's likely to have a lot of mass appeal um so hopefully that comes to fruition in a way that people will um enjoy now I'm going to move on to two curveballs. So one is less of a curveball than the other. I'm no, you know what? I'm going to do the other way around because I don't want to end on my biggest curveball because <laughs> okay. it could be it could be really weird. So again, this is bet on the man, not the bet on the person. Sorry, this isn't gender specific. Uh, bet on the person, not the idea. And uh, do you know of a guy called Will Wright? Uh, not off the top of my head. No, don't blame you. He's not super famous, but he created Spore. The Sims oh. and Sim City. Oh wow! So he, I mean, he's just god tier when it comes to mm. to gaming. And people don't really know this, but there's a game called Proxy P R O X I, okay, uh, which he's creating with his studio. Um, and it's it's his. So he's working full time on this. This is this is his next project after creating three genuine legends within gaming. Mm. He is working on Proxy, which is a Web three game. But I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it it's <laughs> okay. 
I mean, he's obviously bordering genius. I don't, I don't really understand him as a, as a person. It, it, he comes up with some crazy ideas. So I'm going to quote what he said about his own project and then try and unpack it. But I'm not going to have much I can really add to this because it really is a, a very novel idea. Um, so he said, this is in some sense a game of self self-discovery, a game where we actually uncover the hidden you, your subconscious, your inner ID, and bring it to the surface, bring it to life so that you can interact with it, you can play with it, you can learn from it, and you can learn about you, which um, is kind Sounds of... Sounds like I'm being pitched an MLM or something. <laughs> yes, it's, it walks the sort of Russell Brand line of saying lots of things and saying nothing at all at the exact mm. same time. Um, but it... I mean, it's, it's insane. So... It's an AI simulation game where you create memories. So you think of a memory and then you create that memory out of thousands of in-game items. Okay. And then the player-generated content of memories links you to other players and somehow blockchain is integral to this whole experience. And it's kind of conceptual because the memories lead to worlds and the memory worlds lead to minds, and then minds appear to be some sort of proxy that other people can interact with. So the only way I can end this is how I ended my article last year when I wrote about it. If these weren't, like there's a screenshot which I can send you of um, Will Wright's notes on um, how he wants this game to work and what a memory is, what a world is, what a mind is, and then how a proxy comes to life. So the proxy will be your proxy. And basically you're creating these memories which build a world. And then from these worlds, you can create a mind and then there's overlap with other players. It, it, I mean, it, it's like nothing we've ever seen. Um, but as I wrote at the end of this article, if these weren't the etchings of Will Wright, I would chalk this project up as a madman's stream of consciousness. Uh, and just ignore it forever but because it's him because he built Spore The Sims and SimCity have a look at at this game there isn't a great deal I'm in their Discord and I think there's like 500 people or something there's not many people that even know about this game but he's a genius so yeah I mean I'm on their website right now (laughs) and more than anything else, I'm just I'm just confused. Yes, yes, like, correct. D- d- just a, a few quotes <laughs> along with some diagrams that don't really tell me anything. Yeah, um, don't make much sense. No. The, the way in which you choose to arrange your memories in this world will inform Proxy about how you think. Yes. Proxy now builds a conceptual map of how you associate all the things in your life. For instance, yep. you might have a close association between motorcycle, Uncle Bob, summer, and fear. This is displayed in your psychograph. I have yeah. absolutely no idea what I'm getting in, <laughs> get myself in for, but I'm in. I want to know what I mean, this is all about. <laughs> if if this was Mark Zuckerberg, I would run in <laughs> the, as far away as possible because it's like he's mining you for deep data that a therapist might. But <laughs> it's it's a crazy concept, and he is known for pulling off crazy concept spore was iconic because it was like nothing anyone had ever created. And I think probably SimCity and The Sims were basically genre creating games. Mm, And he's trying to do it again with this mad AI mind mapping. (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to flag it to people because it's pretty much unknown. And I think Will Wright's a genius. Uh, And now I'm going to bring on... This is excellent because my my next curveball is going to sound like 
not a curveball after that because nothing can really top that level of curve. <laughs> but uh, the next game I want to talk about is Legacy. Have you heard about this? I haven't, no. So this is actually linked to Gala, but I haven't seen Gala write much about it. Um, so the creator of this game is 22 Can Studio, which is Peter Molyneux. Yes. Again, yeah. a lot of people don't know who Peter Molyneux is in the same way they don't uh. know who Wright is, but he created, he invented the God game genre. So he created um, Theme Park, uh, Fable, and what I consider to be a seminal game that changed gaming forever, which is Black and White. Have we talked about Black and White on the pod before? I don't think we have. No. I don't think we have. So that may, and I won't be offended, does that predate you? It does not, no. <laughs> okay, good. Because I, I remember I was a teenager when I first played Black and White. Um, so you could well have been still a sperm, for for all I know. But <laughs> you, you were gaming at that point, were you? I mean, I think I was about three, four years old when it came out, but I do remember <sighs> picking it up... Um, quite a, a time after that so. okay i mean there was black and white too so there there was a sequel but mm. essentially for, for anyone who didn't play it which is probably most people it, it you took control of a creature a giant creature so it might it might it was like a biped version of a lion or a tiger or a dragon or whatever and then you were a god within the game and there were villages and people and you had to decide how to help them prosper. But it was a game of morality and it was one of the first games that I'd ever seen that used morality as a gameplay mechanic. So you could choose to be good or evil and, and this this was the fundamental core of the game. So you would you could feed your villagers by going and getting them crops from some other village by fighting the other gods and picking up crops and taking them back to your, your villagers and they would worship you for it. Or you could rule by fear and you could, you know, if the villagers didn't yield enough crops, you could murder them publicly. Uh, it, was, it was really, really, it was a strange game, but it was addictive and it was novel and it was kind of incredible. And... Uh, so he he also created theme parks, which obviously that kind of created a genre. And I think he's a bit of a genius as well, in the same category as Will Wright, geniuses of, of gaming, people who have created genres, not just pioneered them. Um, and he's creating a game called Legacy. And he's doing it in collaboration with Gala. But Gala, I don't think Gala have plugged it anywhere near enough. And I don't know if that's because the project isn't working out. I don't think that's the case because there are still updates. Um, I think it's just because Gala have so many fingers and so many pies that, you know, they just can't plug everything constantly. I think and, Peter Molyneux is quite a contentious figure, uh, as brilliant yeah. as he is. Yes. Um, if you t- if you say Peter Molyneux to an average gamer, they're either going to be like, oh, yeah, cool, he created loads of cool stuff, or, oh, my God, it's Peter Molyneux. <laughs> so, yeah, he is, he is contentious. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's fair. But this game, the game he's building... I think is interesting because mm. he's so legacy is a business simulator in which you build a business, but because it's play to earn, because it has NFTs and tokenization, you kind of are building a business. Hmm. Um, so you can, you can build your business into sort of a industry Titan, but the money your business makes is kind of making you money. So it's really like wheels within wheels. You're you're playing a simulation game, but what you're simulating is also kind of happening because you huh. are earning 
buy your business. So if your business does well in game, you are earning money from it, which is crazy. And and you, we wouldn't have been able to explain this to anyone 10 years ago. <laughs> I think it's a really novel idea. And the only thing I, I'm desperate to know more about, but I couldn't find all that information on it, is Molyneux is adding morality into this game, um, into the decision-making. So I think you can kind of screw over other businesses to get ahead <laughs> and stuff like that, which... I, is cool, but when when real money's involved, even if it's crypto that can be converted to real money, I mean that's a dangerous game. But I'm I'm up for it. That's going to make for superb YouTube compilations, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Um, I, there's of course there's a there's a morality discussion about morality. Is like, is it moral to create a game where you have moral decisions <laughs> yeah, that can like mess up other people? But I mean it's. I, I I love the concept. I, I I'm on the website now. It looks superb, and I mean, as you said, creating a virtual business that is kind of just a real business. You're getting paid in crypto, but you know, you can just convert that into real money. It's it's just I yeah. love that idea. And Weird. Pete Molyneux is is well known for those um, kind of groundbreaking ideas. That other people wouldn't necessarily think of it even if they would think of them they wouldn't go all in and pursue a game um, with that idea behind it. So. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's very, very interesting. And uh, again, the kind of thing that I love to jump into and be like, hmm, how can I, how can I game the system here? How can I, <laughs> how how can I, uh, you know, build a, build something that will stand the test of time within this? So yeah, I'm. Uh, that, that is definitely a curveball. Those last two were certainly curveballs. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's why I, that's why I saved them because I knew they're they're not they probably won't have mass appeal. But then if they succeed, they will. But almost by definition, because those two. Um, Molyneux and Riot I mean Spore SimCity The Sims Black and White Theme Park Fable I mean come on <laughs> that's that's a hell of a lot of genre creating games by two people so uh, yeah I mean if they're successful they will be they will have mass appeal but right now I mean Will Wright's proxy game is just the like I said the etchings of a madman it's just a stream of consciousness I have no idea what he's on about but because it's him I'm like yeah all right fine <laughs> I definitely want to play whatever you're talking about but I don't know what it is yeah as you said completely mad but I want to play it I want to figure out what it's all about so and and before too long we'll be able to uh to dive into that madness and share in his uh his mind with him um but yeah there we go um I think that was how many was that 10 11 12 don't know. And an amount of games <laughs> in Web3 that are, so, some of which are playable, some of which uh, will be releasing um, either this year or in years to come. But there's a lot of people that say, hey, there's no good games in Web3 or, you know, where, where are all these good games? It's nothing but clickers and, you know, boring stuff and nobody would ever want to touch. I think this podcast is, um, yeah, we, we spent the last hour or so discussing some fantastic games that are coming to, yeah. to Web3. And as time goes on, there's just going to be more and more. Yeah, you just got nowhere to look. And <clears throat> I know the first wave of games were kind of proof of concepts with tokenization and, and play to earn and in-game currencies. But now we're starting to see how those systems can graft onto Web 2 style games. So it's exciting from here on. And I think I was talking to um, Superdope earlier, our streamer. And we were saying about how many games we have that we want to stream right now and that we think are fun to watch. And we're probably entering double digits now of of games that are worth, you know, enjoyable to watch. Because Mm -hmm. even if you love clicker games, 
I can't imagine you're watching streams of clicker games. As, as much as, you know, I've had a brawler in blockchain brawlers for ages, I can't stream blockchain brawlers. It would be no. tedious and boring. <laughs> well, not yet. Not, I, mean, not how yet. Much, I think not we've yet. only got 300 million, is it, left of um, Yeah, that's been ticking down be quite quickly. Um, actually, let's... Live on pod, let's see how much left. Uh, 352,700,000. So, yeah, that's um, that's halved in, I think, six, seven weeks. Is it before yeah, too long, all the ball token really will be gone. It's sped up. I don't know if they tweak... Did they tweak something with tokenomics, or is it just adoption? Um, there has been a, a sizable influx of players um, in the right. last few months, mostly from uh, from the Asian market, actually. Um, oh, really? So, yeah, it's, it's been interesting to see see more people pick up that game as it's become more accessible and uh, yeah looking forward to the uh the pvp mode from richard garfield it'll be uh interesting to see how they've managed to blend wrestling and card games <laughs> yeah um into a new game that we've never seen before apparently so uh yeah that i mean that is one to look forward to but we have very little to go on so um couldn't really enter into this episode but yeah i mean this has this has been fun. we should be more positive is what I'm taking sure. from from this episode because at least I'm coming out of the back of it. Like usually we're we're saying, yeah, so don't know how to solve that, and now I'm kind of sad. Where can I find you, John? Um, but <laughs> this time I'm 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 you know I'm feeling good. It's nice to come out of an episode being instead of saying don't do this or people should do this, being like, hey, check this out. This is cool. You know, you're yeah. gonna you're going to like this. <laughs> so yeah, I thought well, we should be more positive more often. Um, but, but tune in next week for how everything's <laughs> futile and we're all going to die. <laughs> well, who knows? Could be positive, could be negative, could be inviting a guest. Who knows? Mm, um, yeah. But yeah, there we go. Uh, Rob, where can we find you? You can find me, um, tokengamer.io, which is the Token Gamer website where we have daily content on blockchain gaming and all things surrounding it. Then we have the Token Gamer uh, YouTube channel. You can, I think you can find it by searching Token Gamer now. You couldn't before, but I think you can now. Um, otherwise, the channel name is Token Gamer News. And then we are on Twitch where we stream Tuesdays and Thursdays at um, 8 p.m. UTC, I believe. And we just play blockchain games on that and we do giveaways and bits and pieces. So that's fun. We're now um, an affiliate, which is cool. Um, and that is, I think, just Token Gamer. I think twitch.tv forward slash Token Gamer. And then obviously we have our Wax app, which is on the App Store and uh, Apple and Android App Store, App Store, Android, Apple, I don't know, figure it out. And um, Twitter, Tone Gamer News, did I say that? I don't know. Wheels are coming off now. This corona's really got to my head. Uh, yeah. Where can we find you? Uh, so for the latest NFT news, you can head to nftinsider.io. Um, not to put a negative spin on the end of this very positive podcast, but um, the latest piece on the site will be about the Polium One. Um, <laughs> so mm. you can go and read that <laughs> once you're done with this podcast if you want a good laugh. Um, uh, for social media, it's at nftinsider underscore io on Twitter and uh, and Instagram. As always, got giveaways running. Go into them, be in them with a chance of winning. So cool NFTs. Uh, for me personally, it's at Hydropowered, H-Y-D-R-O-P-W-R-D on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, um, TikTok, uh, I think Steam. <laughs> Although, Steam? if you add me on Steam, I, I don't know if I'll add you back, I'm going to be honest. Um, I haven't even got you on Steam. 
No, I don't. I don't think you do. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, there you can type it in to see if that is actually my <laughs> my Steam uh, my Steam account. Um. And Jera uh, myriad of other platforms as well. Um. Still tweeting about all things uh, Web three on uh, on my personal Twitter, which is kind of a, a great place to follow me if you want industry commentary or kind of my thoughts on the uh, the latest things happening in the space, or me tweeting at Asman Gold because he um. He generalised the NFT community, but but anyway, um, that's going to feature in something I'm writing for next week. Um, yeah, I believe that is everything from me. Oh, in terms of um, streams and videos for me, um, I've been deliberately quiet the last couple of weeks because, quite frankly, I don't know when I will be coming back to streams and videos. Uh, mm. Although I can say we have just hired a new full-time writer that's going to start um, within the next week or two, and nice. that is, is going to give me scope to um, kind of revisit um streams and videos and all that uh, all that good stuff i know we've talked about uh, possibly doing something in that uh, in that space in the future and uh yeah i'm looking forward to, to checking out new games bring new guys exclusives interviews articles analysis thought pieces etc etc so yeah nice awesome yeah that was that was fun i think uh i think we've we covered a lot of a lot of ground in the yeah. gaming sector and it's obviously a sector that we both dearly love so it's quite easy for us to chat away about that sort of thing yeah i think on a personal note it's nice to end these episodes thinking that we've got stuff to look forward to other than uh, Mm. rather than oh no the space is dying (laughs) yes death and decay the 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 usual vibe and i'm certainly going to recommend um not to the listeners but to myself corona (laughs) and mad monk as a hashtag not spawn uh, just, just to be. Uh, Are we just going to keep name dropping Mad Monk every episode until? Do we? Do we email them? I've Maybe been, we email I've them. tried to be in touch with them before about. Uh, Are they elusive? They're not that elusive, actually. I mean, I know I, I watch quite a lot of streamers that are sponsored by them, just at, by pure coincidence, actually. So, who knows? I mean, they they should they should because we keep plugging them, and uh, I know very little about them. I've I've not really read the ingredients, to be honest. But- uh, <laughs> And it, it could be placebo as well. I'll throw that in there. But I mean, I, even I've, if it is placebo, it's consistent placebo, which is as good as not placebo. So, I mean, just to give you guys an extent of how much of a fan of Mad Monk I am, if I look to my left, I've got a framed exclusive poster from Mad Monk. If I look to my right, <laughs> I've got. Let's see how many of these I can count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There's at least 15 bottles of Mad Monk. Um, Jesus. <laughs> to, to my right. Um, both the, the original and the, the kind of supplement version they have now. So Yeah, so that's what I, I have. The f- It's a health and performance gaming supplement. Oh, the, the um, champion one. The, the orange bottle that kind of tastes mm-hmm. like fish oil or the... <laughs> Uh, that sounds horrendous. No, uh, it's I've got a black bottle version two Ah yes, uh, and it modestly suggests that it can improve reaction time, sharp focus, crash-free energy, stress control, stamina and recovery, drive, error reduction, memory and brain, and eye support. This is starting to sound like one of those like ad reads. I'm I'm half expecting at the end it will be like an American advert where we very quickly talk about all the ways it could potentially harm you. And um, now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> yeah, what well, really, really quickly. Yeah. This could cause incontinence. <laughs> but no, um, it kind of sounds like we finished this episode of the podcast with an ad, but it's not an ad. We, ha- we, we hashtag just, not like, spawn. <laughs> hashtag not spawn. Um, okay, let, let's end our not sponsored yeah. ad read. No one's um, still listening. That, <laughs> that has been episode... 
rather, this has been episode 29 of the Mental One podcast. Episode 30 next week. Ooh. So we hope you guys tune in for that one. Thank you very much for listening this week. And we hope you stick around for the next one. Thank <laughs> you.